Welcome to Free Life Chapel, where we help you discover and live the free life in Christ. I'm Lisa, and we are so excited that you're tuning in with us today. And we would love to connect with you, so subscribe, comment below, or you can go to our website at freelifechapel.org and find out more about what's coming up. But for now, we have an amazing message just for you, so check it out. the honor and privilege to bring the message today and the encouragement and really it's something that um, I've been going through so I'm gonna be a little vulnerable if that's okay cool cuz I'm gonna do it anyway um, but 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 there's there's some things that I've been walking through in life that man I, as I've been doing my Devo time and, and as some things have been sticking out with me some things have been happening in my personal time I was like you know what this is something that I needed uh, even if no one else and so uh, this is not going to be selfish, although it is for me, but I do believe that this is going to be something that will be able to help you, again, in person, watching online, Polk CI, no matter where, you, no matter where you're watching from. Uh, and I do want to give honor, Pastor Scott and Pastor Cindy, thank you so much for this opportunity, not as my parents, but as my spiritual pastors, my leaders. Thank you for how you're leading this church and for everything that you're doing here at Free Life and the impact Lakeland, Central Florida, and just the kingdom of Jesus. Thank you for everything that you guys do. Thank you. All right, so um, I got a son. I think a lot of y'all know that. Son's five months old. He's the cutest thing in the world. You want to know why? Ask me why. He looked like his mama. Um, <laughs> My boy, five months old, if you see him, he's either going to be doing one of two things, sucking on a bottle or smiling. He's just a happy baby, and I'm so grateful. I love my son, but we got a vacation coming up uh, over in August, and so my wife and I, we were like, oh, we're going to be by the pool. We need to see how this cat likes the water, because I don't want to force him to do nothing, but you live in Florida, boy. <laughs> I'm going to need you, like, you Hispanic. We in late, like, we gonna enjoy it. Your mom and I, we like the water, I'm gonna need you to like the water. So, so we took him to the pool, we had a great time, and, and while we were there, we found out how unprepared we are as parents <laughs> with a baby in the pool. And so, uh, immediately, we went on Amazon, and we bought a floaty. And because we, we had fun in the water, and, and, and it was cool, because it had, like, the slope, and so when it was, like, an inch deep, he was good. But he still can't sit up on his own yet. And so if we let him down, it's like his face might be in the water making bubbles. And that would be cute, but that would not be good for long term. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, so we was like, you know what? We, we're going to want to be in the water. We're going to want to have fun. And so let's get him a floaty. And why did we want to float it? Because floaty, uh, a floaty, it's going to take him into places that he couldn't go on his own without him having to worry about if he has to take care of himself independently the whole time. He's going to be able to fully relax, fully chill out inside that floaty and be able to enjoy the environment that he's in. So, so we got him that floaty. And so we don't have to hold him the whole time. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Have you ever been in a position in your life, maybe you watching online, let us know in that comment section. Have you ever been in a position in your life where you felt like you were all alone? You were kicking Dog paddle, doing whatever what you could to keep your nose and your mouth above the water. Doctor's report, what happened with family, a job transition that I was nowhere near ready for or expecting. They didn't give me a heads up, nothing. Maybe it had to do with family. We, have, we all go through these times of, 
uh-oh, I can't do this on my own. I do everything that I can to stay afloat. You see, we all have a limit in life. Say, I have a limit. We all have a limit. Now, I'm not going to lie. That's, that's something, sometimes that's hard to admit. Anybody else not like asking for help? I, 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 I like doing things. I like feeling accomplished, and, and I'll sometimes mask it by saying um, I like to learn or I don't want to inconvenience somebody. But the reality is you and I, we all have a limit. We have a limit on how much we can handle. We have a limit on how far we can go. We have a limit on how much we can take on, and we have a limit on how much we can do. We have a limit in life. Unfortunately, there's been times in my life where I thought my limit was higher than what it was. And I'm not talking about with a drink, like I'm talking about in life. Like I thought my limit was higher than what it was. And I get in it and I'm like, I'm in the middle of it now. I can't say nothing now. I'm in that uh-oh season. What happens when I'm in that transition? What do I do when I'm in that uh-oh? Because it's easy to feel good. It's easy to feel strong. It's easy to speak the name of Jesus when things are going good. And when I'm in my low point, at least for me, I'm not saying this to you, at least for me, it's easier for me to speak the name of Jesus when I'm all the way down at the bottom because I really know that I can't do nothing. But what about when I'm in that in-between phase? What about when things, I, I see it starting to happen, and I'm like, oh, Lord, this storm is coming, and I don't know what to do, and I'm not prepared for this, and I, I don't have things situated like I would like. What do we do? You and I, we're going to have to get a grip. Everybody say, get a grip. I didn't say, get a grip. Nah. Say, get a grip. There we go. Get a grip. Get a grip. You and I, we, we, we got to get a grip of something, but, but that we have some options as to what we can get a grip of. I can get a grip of culture. Okay, so what, what's the trending thing on social media? TikTok. My, I talk with students all the time. Man, what's the, what's the latest TikTok dance? Teach it to me. They're they, they doing all this now like they're hungry. And they shake it, they like, I, I don't get it, I don't get it. And then, and then they do like the spirit fingers. I'm like, all right, I mean, hey, just get it how you live, I guess. So it, 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 am I going to grab on to TikTok? It's not saying that what social media posts is bad, but is that what I'm gripping my entire life on? Am I going to grip my life on what this job says I should do or how they say I should act or what the culture of this area is? Am I going to get a grip of what, how my family has always done things? Or do I want to get a grip of what God says, of how God has said to handle some things? We have an option of what to grip onto, and if we're not careful and if we don't have some kind of a plan ready, sometimes we'll just grab for the first thing we can get a hold of rather than the right thing. And the most convenient thing isn't always the best. The cheapest thing ain't always the first one to go with on Amazon because in life you get what you pay for. So I can't just go with the first thing that comes about. How can, what can I reach to that can actually sustain me? Because whatever I get a grip of has to be able to hold me through all aspects of my life, not just one season of my life. In Acts chapter 27, there's this story of this cat named Paul. Now, Paul, he's like the quarterback of Christianity. He's like the MVP of the league. Like, this is what he does. Wrote two-thirds of the New Testament 
Paul is that dude. Like, when I grow up, I want to be like Paul. Paul is that dude. He was not following Jesus, had a radical encounter with God that completely changed the course of his life, and then he went full force. I love people, but I'm pleasing an audience of one, and how can I live my life to serve God? That's what he, that's Paul's story. And in Acts 27, talks about the story of Paul. He, he's a prisoner on a ship. Okay, he's a prisoner on a ship, right? He, he is one of 276 people, and this was not the carnival cruise, right? Like, it, 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 it wasn't all set up and nice and bougie. He was a prisoner, which means he wasn't necessarily treated the best. Now, mind you, I told you, he gave his life to God. He's full force. He, he's, he's that guy when it comes to Christianity, but Buddy's a prisoner, but, but Buddy's in, in this situation that should not be ideal. And if I was writing out a story about somebody who follows Jesus, I don't know if I would put my, one of my main characters as a prisoner. I would think they'd be set up at the top. CEO, running it. But he said, no, he, he's a prisoner in this situation. Again, with, with 275 other people. And while, while he was a prisoner, they, they were taking him they were taking a long voyage, going to different places. And, and while they were going to some of these different places, Paul, he had this thing stirring up on the inside of him. Uh, some might call it coincidence. Some call it Holy Spirit. I would say Holy Spirit. Canaan was like, hey, man, you better speak up and let them know. We ain't supposed to go on this trip. Not that way. No, sir. Have y'all ever, like, went to go somewhere and you had something in you that said, don't go that way? Don't go down downtown Lakeland because, you know, when you get on Florida Avenue, you get right by, uh, you get right by uh, Tropical Smoothie and stuff. That train going to stop you. <laughs> you do it, and then you lay, and then it comes a whole ordeal. I'm sorry, Liz. Like, this, th things happen. So Paul, he, he had this thing on the inside of him that said, tell them not to go. Tell them not to go. So he went, and he spoke up, and he, he told the centurion leader, the, the guy who was over the ship, he said, hey, man, I don't think we're supposed to do this. Like, I have this feeling inside. And again, Paul was a prisoner. So they said, shh. Getting good at my shushes because of Malachi. Shh. Shush them up. Sit down. Stay in your place. You're a prisoner here. Your opinion isn't welcome. Know your role. Paul said, all right, then. I done told you. That was my job was to tell you. Things kept going about him, and all these storms and all these things started happening, things that were never expected, things that were not on the foresight. They didn't see it coming in. It just started happening and unveiling. And I could just imagine Paul, like, mind you, like, these are, like, real people that we talk about and real people stories that we read, and they probably have real attitude just like you and I do. Oh, y'all think Petty started in 2020. See, Paul, I guarantee you, Paul, Paul was sitting back there like, he got a toothpick in his mouth. I done told y'all not to go. Now we in this storm. We don't know, we don't know what's going on. Everybody's freaking out. They're, they're, they're like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? Do we need to throw things off the boat? Or how are we going to handle this? This is taking our journey in a different direction, and it's taking us longer to get there than what we ever intended. They got in the middle of a storm got in the middle of a storm. As the storm kept going on, Paul told them another time, hey, listen, I don't, we, we shouldn't be going this way. And they again, Paul, stay in your lane. All right, then bet. It is what it is. Paul stayed on. He, he, he's there and he, he's doing all that he can do in the position that he was in. And at one point in time, Paul 
stood up and he was talking with people and he's like, listen, all of y'all are freaking out. I need y'all to stop and sit down. I need y'all to listen to me for a second. I know we are in the middle of a storm, but I got this message from an angel. They're actually going to put it on the screen, Acts 27, verses 23 and 24. And you know if it's, red, that, if it's in red, that means you read it out loud with me. But cheer up, not one of us will lose our lives. Again, this is in the middle of the storm. He's not saying this when it's sunny outside. There's a storm going on. Cheer up, not one of us will lose our lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. My favorite part of that verse an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. Paul knew whose he was and who he was serving. And because Paul knew what and who his identity was in, the other 275 people got blessed by proximity. The angel spoke to Paul. The angel didn't show up on the forefront of the ship talking to the captain and everybody else. He said it spoke to Paul. So God here is showing us that I'm going to talk to somebody. I'm not going to talk to everybody at all points. I'm going to talk to somebody, but I need to talk to somebody who knows me and who is serving me. Because then we get blessed by proximity. Tell somebody sitting next to you, you're blessed to be sitting by me. Hey, listen, listen, it's cute and it's funny until it gets serious. I, I can laugh about it and, and the person sitting next to me, oh my goodness, we joke so much and we just have such a good time and we just laugh all the time and they're a goofball because I know them outside of church on Sundays. Uh -huh. I, 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 I know them, I know them. And yet these people thought Paul was only a prisoner. But because of the relationship that he had on the inside with God, God spoke to him. And because of the favor over Paul's life, it saved those around him. Sidebar, who is in your storm right now that needs you to stay having that connection with God? Stay having that relationship with him that you are blessing your family. You are blessing your business. The, whatever school you're going to, students, is going to be blessed because you are there. Whatever family activity you show up at, it's going to be blessed because you are there. We say this often here at Free Life Chapel, the voices in our life determine the choices that we make in life. So there's some times in my life where I do feel like I've gotten this word from God and I haven't heard it audibly, but I've gotten it in that spirit. And, and I've, I've felt like I've been able to be a blessing to those around me. And then there's times where, boy, I need a blessing. So it's not enough for me to think that I'm always going to have this strong and put together. You online, you're not always going to have it strong. You're not always going to have it together. There are times that you will. But then there's other times that you won't. And so we need to make sure, who do you have in the boat with you? Who's speaking into your life? Who do you allow access to encourage you, to push you, to challenge you, to speak Jesus over your situations like what we just got done singing today? We need to evaluate who we have in our lives and give people some access and some authority to speak nonsense out of me. 
when I get caught up in my own head, I need you to speak it out of me. Even though the storms and the situations are right here and it doesn't make any sense what you are saying, I need you to keep saying it because I know that if it is truly of God, at some point it is going to be affirmed. It's going to come to pass. It is going to come into fruition if it's of God. We need to make sure that we have our identity, one, in Christ, two, knowing who we serve. How am I living my life? Paul was a great example of not being perfect but being in pursuit of Jesus. And, man, if we took that on, of not, I'm not going to be perfect, Jesus, because if I told you I would, I'd be lying. But, man, I promise you to give you my best. And that way, whenever I see you at the end of my days, I'm going to be like a dog with my tongue sticking out at the park saying, I gave it everything I got. I'm going to be dirty. I might have some cuts on me. I'm going to have some bumps and bruises. But I did everything that I could. Everybody say, give it all you got. See, there's times that God allows us to go through some storms so that we can be with others in their storm so that we can all make it out of the storm. I'll say it again. There's times where God will allow you and I to go through some things. I didn't say it makes sense. There's just times that we go through some things. Times. So that we can be with other people that are also inside of a storm. So that we can all make it out together. Pastor Rick did a great job saying this last week. And God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. That idea of generosity. I'm generous because of my relationship with God. I'm able to be generous with what he's doing in my life. And because of Paul's relationship with God, people on the ship got blessed by proximity. Just because they were by him. After Paul tells him that, like anybody else, I would say, sounds great. Let me see it happen. I'm sure, they, I'm sure they bought into it and it was like they was cheering for a second because, again, they was in the middle of this storm. So I need to find something to be happy about. Like it, it, it wasn't no like roses and dandelions and sunflowers. This was tough out here what they was going through. So they kept sailing, kept sailing. And after some storm, after more storms, and, and man, they, they, they went some days without eating. They went days with the Bible said 14 days. Paul had to tell them, like, let's sit down and eat something. Like, because we, we need to get strong. We need to make sure we're able to finish this journey. I love it because it's let me do everything I can do while God does everything he can do. So he, they, they continue going, and they're continuing in the storm. And then as they're, as they're going, they see this beach, this shore, the, uh, this shoreline up ahead. And so they said, perfect. We need to stop there. Let's go. So they're dropping everything, and I don't know boats, but they're dropping things and pulling things, and things are flapping. Like, they're, they're doing the things that boat people do. <laughs> you don't know what to do either. There's no I'm saying, some of y'all do. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm looking at y'all. Some of y'all do. And so they're, they're, they're getting everything ready in order to dock right there at that beach. And then, just when you think you've come to the end, there was a reef that they never saw, that they hit it. And then it came like Titanic. Things just started breaking and busting. And mind you, Paul was not the only prisoner that was on here. And so you got all these people that now they're trying to throw both. They're trying to save themselves. And so while they're, while they're all trying to save themselves, uh, some of the other soldiers went to the centurion and was like, yo, let's kill Every single prisoner. Why kill every single one? 
because when you understand what their job was, if you were a soldier that had a prisoner in custody and that prisoner got away, that was your life. So in order to protect themselves, I'm going to kill off anything that was around me. And then the centurion got, uh, got touched by God for Paul. Paul had such favor from God that he had favor with the centurion that because of Paul, the centurion said, we will kill no prisoners. So not once. Paul was in a storm. God spoke to him. People got blessed by proximity. Once. Paul is about to die because all the prisoners are about to die. Uh, die. God gave favor to the centurion over Paul. Paul, you're going to be safe. Everybody's going to be safe. So they're trying to figure out, now we got 276 people. We're not on the shore yet. What are we going to do? How are we going to go about this thing? And the Bible says that they told those who could swim, dive in and swim. And those who can't swim, you better get a grip of a plank, get a grip of some part of a ship, float and kick your way over the shore. Do whatever you got to do. And they did it. And at the end of this deal, you'll see all 276 men made it there unharmed. The boat that took them there, completely busted and torn apart, could not be refurbished. But their life was completely set and safe. You see, no matter what storm life throws at you, you and I, we need, we have to get a grip of Jesus. Everybody say, get a grip. It doesn't matter if it's a storm that we think we can hold because we never know when we're getting to the end if a reef might come. Everybody say, get a grip. We don't know who's going to be in the storm alongside of us who needs us to have a grip of Jesus, who's going to need more than what we have on our own. Everybody say, get a grip. There are three things that this story teaches me, and I pray it opens your eyes to the next level living that God wants you to have as well as we do this thing of life. The first one is this. The first one is this, and I don't like it, but it's the reality. It's the truth. Storms happen. Again, Paul absolutely loved God, sold out. I mean, sold out. Like, when I hear what Paul did, I question, I'm being honest, I question, what would I have done in that situation? I think it's hard being a Christian on social media. Paul's life was at risk. Like, it wasn't cute, oh, I feel bad for you. Like, my man was going through it, sold out for God, yet was still enduring the storm. Here's the thing. Sometimes we think that a life with Jesus is a life without storms when God never said that. Not once did he put in that Bible verse. See, God never said there wouldn't be a storm, but he did say, I'll be with you through the storm. In Isaiah 41, 13, the Bible says this, for I... For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's just like what we were just singing in worship, talking about speaking that name. And when we speak the name of Jesus, things change whenever he gets added to that mix. I love what God says here. For I, the Lord your God, in case you was forgot who I was, 
let me go ahead and elaborate. Let me introduce myself. I am the Lord your God. I will help you, which means that my helping you is not limited to somebody else. My helping you isn't limited to your circumstance because I have power over it all. I will help you. You see, here's the reality. Not everybody makes it through what you've made it through. You have a testimony, even the people in the balcony. You guys have gone through some things. You ladies have gone through some things that might have taken somebody else out. But you're still here. You're still pushing. You're still showing up. You watching online, I have no idea what you have going on at home. But you're still here. You're still leaning in. You're still tuning in, trying to figure out what can I gain? What can I learn? How can Jesus help my life? Because I need something. You, the person sitting next to you, is a walking, living, breathing miracle from God. You may lose stuff. You may lose people. You may lose things that really matter to us, but you're still here. See, when we read the story of Paul, we read about a boat that crashed. You got to remember, there was a boat owner. Lost his boat. I'm sure that's how he made money. Lost his job. Lost his security. Lost his ability to get back home. Have you ever felt lost before? Same here. And even through that storm, if we tie on to Jesus, if he is actually the Lord our God, then he says, I will help you. If he's the Lord our God, I will help you. If he's another opinion, he'll have great things to say that you can write on your wall and in your mirror. But if he's the Lord our God, he will be there all the way through us. See, here's the thing. You and I, we can't wait to find Jesus, to get a grip of Jesus until the end of the storm. We can't afford that before that storm happens. That's why I can't wait. I, again, I get, I get the awesome opportunity to be with students all the time. And one of the things that I urge students, I urge them, if you're a student in here, I urge you, don't think that Christianity has an age limit on it. Don't think that God has an age limit to the people that he will use, to the people that you will be able to impact. There's no age limit. If I was able to get in ninth grade, in 10th grade, or eighth grade, the Jesus and the relationship that I have with him that I do now, how much farther would I be? How much further would you be had you got to know him earlier? Had you actually believed that it was true and not just something that maybe mom and dad or maybe those folk over there bought into? Get a grip because here's the reality. Although there's a storm, God's promise is not that there's not going to be a storm. His promise is he's going to stay with you. He did it for Paul in the storm. He did it for Noah in the ark. He did it for Moses in the wilderness. He did it through David during all of his attacks on his life. He did it through the woman with the issue of blood all through those 12 years, and he did it for you. Believe what he has done. Believe what he's shown you he could do. So the first one, the first one uh, that we're talking about here of the three things is storms happen. The second thing is this. Jesus talks. Everybody say, Jesus talks. See, Paul believed God. Paul believed this person, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Paul believed them, but God, in spite of his circumstances. Has God ever told you something, or maybe you've ever read something, that you almost have, you almost like, God, did you, did you accidentally text the wrong person? 
Because I don't know if you know who I am and what I'm going through, but what you just said and what I'm in don't add up. Paul, in the middle of this circumstance, all these storms, things are going like crazy. The boat is tearing apart in half. And God told him, nobody's going to get hurt. One of, the, one of the verses prior to that says, not a hair is going to be lost from anybody's head. Like, come on now, God. Like, that, that's a bold statement. Like, I lose hair in the shower. That's a bold statement. Come on, God. Here's the thing. Paul understood something. Paul understood that I don't have to understand God in order to experience God. It's a big difference. There's a big difference. I don't have to understand him to experience him. And if I wait to understand God, I'm going to be waiting for a long time. He, I am, I am fine. I, I, I can't, I don't have all this. Thing. He is infinite. There's no limitation to what he has. So Paul, he heard God. He, he heard him audibly. Some of us, we, maybe you haven't heard God audibly. If you did, tell me the trick because I'm waiting on it. That, that for me has not been that thing. I've heard him in my spirit that, again, that thing on the inside, that still voice that says, don't send that text. Rewrite that email. Go back and apologize. That one gets me too. He heard from God. Another way, hear from God, is reading. It's funny, it's funny how I, I, not saying you, I, have been a lazy Christian. Where I want God to talk to me, but I'm not really willing to read what he said. I'm expecting him to talk to me when he's already talked through here. So how about I spend some time doing my part there and see what he comes here. He's given us his word already for us to be able to buy into. And if the Bible says, if the Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, forever, if the Bible says that his word will never return void, then that means that I can believe God's word over my circumstances because there's two different perspectives we're going to have. We're going to have the, uh, either the voice of fear in our mind, or we're going to have the voice of God in our mind. We have to choose which one. But in Psalm 56, verses 3 through 4, it says this, but when I am afraid, I will put my confidence in you. Yes, I will trust the promises of God. And since I am trusting him, what can mere man do to me? Trust in God. Paul said, my circumstances don't match what my God said, but my God is bigger than what my circumstances are. And so I, if I'm going to pick which one to go for, I'm going to go for that hope that I get in Jesus' word. 1 John 5 says that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. A lot of us would be able to quote the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I experience storms that I never would have seen, that maybe I didn't even put myself in, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God can flip the switch if we listen to what he says. Let's turn God's voice up in our life. So again, storms happen. But even in the storm, Jesus talks. 
And then when he talked, this is one of my favorite ones, God don't stop. God don't stop for nothing. You see, here's the thing. Just because the storm stopped us doesn't mean that it stopped God. The storm may have stopped me. It might have stopped me in my tracks. I might not be able to move forward. But it never put a limitation on what God can do or on God's plans. Never did because God isn't limited to what we are limited by. You see, Paul thought he was going one way in order to get to his end destination, but it ended up going a whole nother track. See, the storm came to reroute Paul, not to stop him. So when you find out where Paul actually ends up, that's where God had told him to go. I need you to start declaring some things over here. Paul, as a prisoner, was going to be taken somewhere completely different. That storm completely rerouted. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says this, and we know that all things happen, all things, the things that happen to us is working for our good if we love God and are fitting into his plans. All things are working for our good. If I love him, and if how these things are going to work fit into his plan, which means God has a plan for your life. God knows that you've been in a storm. He knows that there's been some confusion. He knows there's been some dark nights. He knows there's been some things that you weren't seeing that were going to be popping up. He knows, and he's still there, and he's still talking to you, and he's still saying, I'm not done moving and orchestrating this thing. Because when we come to the very end of ourself, we get to the very beginning of all that God can do with his power. See, God gets us where he wants us to be, not where we think we ought to be. I'm so glad about that. Because sometimes, sometimes I do think that I should be further away and then my wife humbles me. Uh, there, 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 there's those times. But then there's times where... I. God, you shouldn't love me. No, you, God, you, you know what's been in my head. You shouldn't love me. You know how I treated that person. And no one else knows, but God, you do. And so why, why are you loving me when I didn't love them? And why do you forgive me when, when I've been holding on to this unforgiveness for 10, 20, 30 years? Why, why, why are you doing this? It's because of the goodness of his grace and the kindness of his mercy. He gets us where he needs us to be not where we think we ought to be. You see, Paul kept his grip on God even though it didn't look like God was there. One of my favorite things is God didn't need the entire ship. God just needed pieces. It said that they floated away on planks if they could not swim. They were on planks. They were on pieces of the ship. That's just some floating hope walking around your life. In the middle of the storm, your vehicle might break, your mind might go, the job might blow up, family might happen, but there's some pieces of hope that God says, if you get a hold of some of those pieces, I just need, I don't need you to have it all together, I just need you to do something. I don't need you to have all the faith in the world, I just need you to have a little bit, because you see, faith isn't the removal of doubt, but faith is my answer to my doubt. I don't need you to pray for 24 hours, can you just give me something, can you just talk to me? I don't need you to come all the time to church and be living here set up a bunk can you just come another Sunday let's just do the next step and let's just do the next step and I will continue to show out some things to you the Bible says faith the size of a mustard seed would move the mountains God doesn't need it all he doesn't expect us to have it all he just says can you bring me something 
And if you bring me something, watch what I get the chance to do. Everybody stand to your feet. Storms happen. I wish they didn't, but they do. But the good news is, even in the storm, God is there. He's there. He talks with us throughout the storm, reminding us that my circumstances don't dictate how I am. God has a plan. And as long as I hold on to his plan, then I'll be able to come through some of these things. So storms happen, Jesus talks, and God don't stop working on the backside. He doesn't stop working. He's going to keep things going. He's going to keep things going. See, the best part about this story, the absolute best part, is where Paul and these prisoners and, and, and these guys on this boat, all the 276 people, where they ended up at was this place called Malta. Now, it's not Malta, like the drink. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, this is Malta. Here's the thing. Malta means honey in the storm. Malta means honey in the storm. So here, even though... It fell apart for you. It's done. It's gone. I can't piece it back together. Even though it fell apart, God can use a storm to give you some floating hope of some pieces to grab onto you, to get you to your sweet place of honey. I don't know what storm you have gone through. I don't know what you're walking through right now. I don't know what keeps you up and that has you crying over. I don't know what you have been wanting people to pray for you about, but you've been too embarrassed to let people know of the storm that you were in. But all I'm saying is if you get a grip of Jesus and you allow him into that storm with you, he's going to talk to you. He's going to put some people in your life that are going to encourage you. And then even while you're sleeping, God's going to keep working. Even when you're not thinking about it, God never stops thinking about you. And he's going to continue pressing on to get you to the place that he wants you to be, which will be your sweet destination. God ain't done. Just because you're in the storm, don't stop. Get a grip of what God has. Get a grip of the plans that he has for you. And watch how we go through these things. Doesn't promise that there's not a storm, but he gives us a way through the storm. Jesus, we love you. So grateful for every person in this room, those watching online, those at Polk CI. God, you know that we're going through storms in our own life, and if we're not in one now, we've been in one, or we're going to go into another one. And the Bible never says that we won't have a storm, but man, the Bible says that if you are our Lord and we tie into you, you will be with us throughout all of it. Thank God that the Bible says that you never slumber nor sleep, that you were still talk to us in the storm, and you're still working things out on that backside, making sure that we get to that sweet place of Malta. God, I pray over everybody here. I pray that you put voices in people's lives that continue to preach your word and speak your word and your promises rather than what circumstances look like and help put people and family in our lives that give us a perspective of your word and not a perspective of our circumstance. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen.